Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. If God has used this ministry to impact your life, we would love to hear about it. So please send us an email, amen at r4sq.org. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. God's good, Amy. Oh, y'all do better than that, right? Yeah. Amen. God's good. Amen. And, and let me tell you, first of all, before we get started with the word this morning, do not look at that clock. So we got to give preeminence to the word. Just turn me up a little bit because my voice is a little, I was kind of a little um, this week. So I wanted to, I want to make sure I give full volume uh, to you guys so you don't have to strain to hear me. Amen. You know, we were singing that song and they were talking about the resurrection this morning. I don't know, I just had this visual. We'll move on to the word, but I just had this visual. Uh, how many of you had somebody die in the Lord and they're at one of these uh, graveyards, you know, look like Valhalla or one of those places? I just thought about, man, they put a lot of money into those places, but you know what? That place going to get towed up when the resurrection takes place. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Those places, man, I, j- I just had a vision. I mean, all the manicured stuff is just going to get towed up when we come out of that big box and that other box and all that stuff. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward. I'm going up looking, going, oh, my God. I just tow up all of it that they had fixed <laughs> up right there. Hey, Amen. That just, that just, that just, I just had a vision of that. And, and maybe, the, hopefully, the manicures and the people, hopefully, they save so they don't be worried about it. Because if they're not, they're going to be mad. Amen. When we go off. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. Look. Jesus. Well, amen. Well, we're going to get into the word of God. How many are ready for the word this morning? Amen. amen. So we're going to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, this morning. And uh, I'm going to pray. We're going to get to the word. And I, I'm just going to tell you, shut off your clocks. I'm not going to take forever, but, you know, we've got to get preeminence to the word. How many need something from the Lord today? Amen. So we're going to make sure we do that. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And Lord, as we uh, rest easy in you, Lord, we thank you for your strength. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing. But more than anything, we thank you for the relationship that we have with you. That we have been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. And Lord, whether we're up to par, whether we're not up to par, whether we've got all things right, have things together or not, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you pulled us in. You snatched us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And you said, I want you to be my child. I don't need you to perform for me. I don't need you to do acts of service for me. Just for me. First want to call you son and daughter. And what a privilege and honor. And out of that, Lord, because of that great love, because of that, Lord, we want to serve you. We want to give our best for you. And I thank you, Lord, even when we're not at our best, you are always at your best in us. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to start in Isaiah 42, 1 through 9. I'm going to read this, and then we're just going to plow through. We're going to get from the Lord. And again, today's message, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I want to kind of underscore this, Jesus and his relationship with the Holy Spirit. But in Isaiah 42, starting at verse 1 through 9, it says, Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights, I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastland shall wait for his law. Thus says, the, thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. Come on, talk about a relationship. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison. That's your ministry. Those who sit in darkness from the prison house, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. But before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about this one, the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. If I was to give you a map, a secret tre- of a secret treasure. How many like treasure? How many of you, th- you, th- you start thinking about a gold chest? A treasure that was so valuable that it would completely change the way you live at present. 
you would be willing to learn some things, probably go crazy trying to learn, about the geography of the place where it was hidden and about the various modes of transportation. How would I get there? And about other skills that might be needed to get, actually get the treasure into your hands. Well, there is a secret treasure. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a secret treasure. It's more valuable than money, jewels, or possessions, and it will completely change the way we live because it is how we were supposed to live, and that's by the Spirit of God. But we first must uncover two great truths that are often overlooked or not known, and that is Jesus' relationship and dependence on the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of us have talked, well, you know, Jesus is God. He can do the things he, he did. But we're going to uncover and we're going to smack that myth out of the way this morning. Because the truth is, Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, that's the way we're supposed to live. We've been studying the Holy Spirit kind of ironically and in, uh, in, in his gifts in one of the growth track classes at uh, Madison. Pastor Jordan and I have been doing that. We started that class about three weeks ago. And, and now... With this, with the series, The Life of Jesus, now Pastor Huey in his series, in this message today, we will examine what may be one of the most overlooked relationships in Scripture, and particularly in the life of Jesus, because it's going to free you, it's going to help you. It is quite striking how intertwined the ministry of the Spirit and the ministry of Jesus, and there is so much in the Scriptures that we'll talk about today. When you look at the things Jesus did, it's easy to conclude, and I was kind of alluding to it, he was able to do them because he is one-third of the Godhead. But Jesus did not come into the world as God. There's no way. Oh, yes, he did. No, he didn't. Jesus did not come into the world as God. But as a man, just like you and I, a human being with flesh, he laid down or emptied out his attributes, his divine attributes. They were stripped off. And then he was wrapped in likeness, like you and I, as a human being. Perfect. He was born. As we see in Isaiah 42, the words that speak about the servant of God who came into the world to show us the Father. Jesus, through his preaching and teaching and life demonstration. Everybody say demonstration. demonstration. I love that word. Revealed to man the true heart of God. He came to reveal who the Father is and what the heart of the Father is like. He demonstrated to us God's heart by living out his life as God's servant. He demonstrated God's power by doing good and destroying the works of the devil. Did you know you and I are supposed to destroy the works of the devil? Not be succumbed by the devil, but overcome them. From Jesus, we learn that God's kingdom is a kingdom of power. Somebody say power. power. We also learn God's kingdom is it's about more than position, authority. Those things exist or the right to rule. Jesus demonstrated that God's kingdom is also a kingdom of servanthood. Everybody say servant. One of the best examples. He at one point at the Last Supper washed the feet of every disciple, even Judas. He washed the feet of the one who would betray him. Now that's a servant. Because how many of us wash the feet of somebody we know is getting ready to stab us in the back? Oh, we do. Oh, no. I'll do everybody but him. Okay. <laughs> And then his ultimate act of being a servant when he laid down his life for us. See, that was servanthood. And here's the thing about it, folks. He didn't just do that for you and I. He did it for the Father. It was first in obedience and servitude to the Father. How was Jesus the man? Everybody say Jesus the man. Because I'm going to get this picture. He, he was not God when he was here. How was he able to possess the power of God? How did he do it? He says, well, tell him. I'm going to do it. Jesus was able to do it because he depended totally on the Holy Spirit. Jesus existed in the beginning as a member of the Godhead called the Word, but he was made flesh. He laid down his nature as God and lived on earth dependent on the Holy Spirit. Total dependence. Total, you got to get this, total dependence. This dependence on the Holy Spirit is because Jesus had an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that we're going to unpack today. Because he knew him and subsequently made him known to you and I. And because of this, we can walk like Jesus. Now, I want to tell you there are three great episodes in the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Jesus and his ministry. Each one of these three rep episodes signals a great transition and a transition that matters to you and I and what happens to us as believers. And then we'll talk about two other episodes with the ministry of Jesus by the Holy Spirit to you and I. 
Why this is so important. In fact, the life of Jesus can be divided by three great developments with his relationship with the Holy Spirit. First, Jesus is conceived by the Spirit in Mary's womb. And if you read that and you put up Luke 135, we see this, that he was conceived by who? By the Holy Spirit. So right in the beginning, Jesus coming here, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He got here, folks, by the person of God, the Holy Spirit. Then he's anointed by the Spirit at the Jordan River. Finally, he receives the Spirit at his exaltation in order to pour out his Spirit upon us. Number one, I want to share this with you. Well, the first thing I wonder what, and if you go back, I forgot, forgot to give you the first point. The first one was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Number two, let me put that down, the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Number two is the incarnation. Everybody say incarnation. In that same verse, Luke 135, Gabriel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. In Matthew 1, 18 through 20, we learn that Mary was found to be with child by who? Of the Holy Spirit. Do you not see the, the Holy Spirit's activeness in Jesus' life, even as he comes into the earth? That which has been conceived of her is the Holy Spirit. What does this all mean? It means that human that a human nature was miraculously wrought or brought by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. Formed in, listen, perfect holiness. The Holy Spirit is the person, the God, part of the Godhead, whose role it is to deal directly with men. You want to act like God? You want to be like God? You say, well, how can we be like God? He wants us to be just like him. In every way, and it's by the Holy Spirit. So it shouldn't be any surprise that it is the Spirit is the one who comes and does the miraculous deed. This was the transition of the incarnation, the Son of God becoming the Son of Man. This is also called the mystery of godliness, as said in 1 Timothy 3.16. Now let's look at that scripture. If you put that uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 up there. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There it is. And without controversy, greatness of mystery of godliness, God was manifest. This is Jesus in the flesh. Justified by who? The Spirit. Seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So we see there the incarnation. Number three is the baptism of Jesus. Absolutely love this. But another transition occurred when Jesus was 30 years old. Up until that point, Jesus had done no preaching, hadn't done a miracle, except for the fact that he was morally perfect. He had lived a rather normal life. Matter of fact, there's not much in the Bible that talks about it. But now he is ready to transition into his public ministry, and we come to the next great Holy Spirit event in the life of Jesus. And we read this in Luke 3, uh, 21 and 22. And it tells a story. Now, it came about when all the people were baptized that Jesus also was baptized and while he was praying, heaven was open. How many want heaven to open over you? You know, that kind of says you go into prayer and heaven opens up over you. Amen. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. That's why we have the pictures of the dove. Now, how many know the Holy Spirit's not a dove? Okay, now you don't see the dove. I know sometimes, you know, but let me just say he's not a dove. Okay. It's like. Everybody say like. He's like a dove. He descended upon him. And the, and the voice came out of heaven. Thou art my beloved son. In thee I am well pleased. Now notice this. The father says he's well pleased with Jesus, and he hadn't done one miracle, had one, no, no, nothing at all. It's all about relationship. See, here's the thing about it. you and I, we just say, oh, if I've done something, oh, God loves me because I knew that's wrong, 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 no, no. He bought you with a price. He loved you, and he said, you know what? Yeah. You're in relationship. It's not about your doing. You're doing because of what he did for you. So don't get it backwards. If I perform for God, he'll love me. That is wrong. It's demonic. It's not from God. You are in right relationship. Now, should you straighten up and fly right? Absolutely. But he loves you. Come on now. I think that just helped somebody when I said it. Yeah, see, when Pastor Jeffrey told me to say it again, he loves you. He said, does he, does he love me no matter what I do? Of course he does because he said straighten up, fly right. Do what's right because he loves you. Thank you Lord. 
imagine if somehow you were drowning in a pool and, and the lifeguard saved you? You would look at that lifeguard totally differently that's from right, a, he's all, that's just that guy that saved you. No, you wouldn't. You would, you would be buying gifts. You'd be calling them up on the phone. What can I do for you? Because right. they saved you. wouldn't just go, huh, he saved my life. Mm. Absolutely not. Right, because right, of right. what Jesus yes. did. He bought you. He saved you out Ooh. of darkness, out of gratitude and faith. You want to serve him. Yeah. At least I hope you do. So Jesus returned to Galilee. After, the, after going through the wilderness, he was baptized. And I, I got to look at it myself. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was, was led about by the spirit of the wilderness. Some people, oh, the Holy Spirit would never lead you, lead you into uh, battle. Yes, he will. That's right. That's, uh, you know, he'll lead you. He know, what, he know what you need. He says, God, I can't go through. No, you're going to go through. You're going through. He sent Jesus <laughs> to the wilderness. Sometimes we don't get prepared unless we go through something. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through all the, the surrounding district. Nobody don't talk about you when ain't nothing happening. Okay, that's just not doing no nugget in there. And in Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You don't want to be preaching without the anointing. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. And in recovery of sight to the blind. To set Free those who are downtrodden. Nobody's coming out of darkness without the Spirit of God. Right. From this point on, we see that the whole life of Jesus lived in the power of the Spirit. Wow. Why do you think later on he said, don't go nowhere until you get the Holy Spirit? Some of us jumping out and we don't have the Spirit nowhere, no way, no how. And then we wonder, we say, God, I want revivals. Yeah, go get my Spirit. It is interesting that as soon as he received the Spirit, as soon as he received the Spirit, Receive the Spirit. He began to do miracles, healing, casting out demons. Even the strength to face death came through the Holy Spirit. You want to go through? Bathe yourself in the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 9, 14, we read, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your consciences from dead works that serve the living God. Jesus was also raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit. You know, sometimes we get dead spiritually. You know what we need to do? We need to call on the Holy Ghost. Wake me up. Get me out of here. Get me out of these dead grave clothes. How many of you have been in kind of a spiritual funk sometimes? Let me tell you something. You don't get out of it yourself. You need the Holy Spirit to get it out of you, to break you out. Sometimes we got to come out of grave clothes. We ain't got to get out of these spiritual eggshells that we get ourselves in sometimes. We can I just got to get myself together. You can't get yourself together. How many of you have gotten yourself together and fallen on your face? Come on now, we need the Holy Ghost to get us out of stuff. You know, he's the last person who sometimes we call on. We try to do this, call Sister Mary and Brother Tony and doing all this stuff. We, I mean, when I say this, you can't even fast your way out without the Holy Ghost. A fast without the Spirit is just a fast. You're just hungry with no power. Come on. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit and hungry, just without the Holy Spirit and hunger, just don't work, okay? After the resurrection, after the resurrection, everybody say after the resurrection. After the resurrection, he continued to minister by the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, in Acts 1-2, we read, refers to the day when he was taken up after he had by the Holy Spirit. Now think about it. Jesus raised from the dead. He's in, you know, he's got this glorious body, but he's still working by the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm raised from the dead. I don't need you now. He didn't say that. He said, by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. He's, the Holy Spirit and him are in tune all the way up till he leaves the earth. Folks, we don't want to leave here without our last deed being done by the Holy Spirit. Come on now. It is also interesting to note that God had told John the Baptist how to recognize the coming anointed one, which is Jesus. It was the one who was anointed by the Spirit. And we read it in John 1, 32-33. And John bore witness saying, I have beheld the Spirit, who? The Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he, the Spirit, remained upon him, which is Jesus. And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, 
He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. Remaining upon him. Everybody said remaining upon him. In this verse is very significant. Up until that time before Jesus was baptized, the Spirit had come in whatever measure was necessary for whatever time was needed for a certain task to be done, usually by uh, the prophets and priests of the Old Testament. But now, everybody said, but now. But now he comes and remains. See, that's good news for you and I. See, he came to remain on Jesus, and he opened the door so he could remain on us. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit don't come and go like a taxi driver. We, we act, oh, man, the Holy Spirit, he got in the car and left me when I was acting up. You know, no, 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 no. We act like the Spirit is sometimes scared of us. He's not intimidated. He's not moved. He's not ashamed. He know what you're doing. And he remains. He doesn't go. He doesn't leave. He's not like people. He remains. God said, stay with them. Ah, oh, that helps somebody. Stay with them. Even when you're in your mess, he's right there. When you do it right. He's right there. He like glue. He don't. He don't. Yeah. He like super glue. I'm not leaving you. You can't peel him off. You can't take him off. You can't make him run. Now he may get grief, but grief don't mean leave. Grief don't mean leave. I just don't feel like I have the spirit. Read your Bible. Come on now. He's not leaving, and he's helping. He's preparing. He's working. Some of the stuff you're going through, the Holy Spirit is working through you. He's, he's trying to mold and make yeah. you. And you think, oh, the devil's on. Sometimes it's the Spirit. Okay? <laughs> you can't rebuke the Holy Spirit. I ain't, he's, I'm not going nowhere. Now, the devil will run. But the Spirit sticks. Oh, that helps somebody. Okay. Jesus was sent to earth. Let me go back up. Now, what's going on here? What does it mean? That Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. With the Spirit. Wait a minute. The, the, why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit? It wasn't in terms of personal righteousness. Jesus was perfect. It was in terms of power. Everybody said power. power. It was to equip him with supernatural powers for his great work. Because remember, he's a man. He's a man. And this is an example for us. Because we're human beings. And he became one of us. And I love this. So we could become like him. It was by the Spirit's power that he performed signs and wonders. It was by the Spirit's power that he cast out demons. It was by the power of the Spirit that he proclaimed the gospel. We can't even proclaim the gospel without the Holy Spirit. I hear pastors and leaders. He said, what's going on? I'm trying to figure out how to get people. Without the Holy Spirit, you can put your fingers down. It's not a math problem. Come on now. It's by the Holy Spirit that men are drawn to Christ. Jesus said, no man can come to me but by the Father, and that's by the Holy Spirit. I'm getting tired of hearing leaders and preachers. How can we get people to come to church? Get with the Holy Ghost. Get out of self. Get out of programs. Get out of activities and events. I'm telling you now, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, they will make nobody come to Jesus. I'll tell you, I I have no problem with balloon bounce and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, where are the souls that need to be fed? We, we should be fed up with people calling church the equivalent of the carnival. That, that's why the circus comes to town. That, that's why you got, you know, when, when they got rides, take them for that. But this is the house of the living God. We're God's people. We're citizens of the kingdom. We need to need people saved and stop doing all the stuff that other people are doing. Let the church be the church. Oh, my goodness. Got a three-ring circus going on up in the house of God. I can't even pay attention what's going on. because We got this ring going. We got that ring going. And as a matter of fact, I really don't like the circus all that much anyway. There's too much going on anyhow. You know, they had the little ponies over here, and then they had the clowns, and then they had somebody hide doing something. And I'm trying to look and say, okay, and I see the ponies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there they going up high. And then after a while, I just shut down. I can't watch none of this. There's too much going on in here. There's some churches, I'm not, I'm not getting them, there's some churches got too much going on. We can't focus on what God wants us to do because we're trying to meet every need. We're trying to do everything except be the church. Okay, y'all y'all got me off on that. That's not good. We're, talk, we're supposed to be talking about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. I think it's y'all on this front row that's doing that. Okay. 
But why would the Son of God need the power of the Holy Spirit? It was not the divinity of Jesus, but his humanity that was being anointed. And that needed the power of the Holy Spirit. See, you and I, in and of ourselves, we're nothing. We need the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, 38, it says, you know, Peter said, you know of Jesus, of now, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. But God was with him. This is what we should say. This what, when I look at Pastor John, I say, you know what? The God anointed Pastor John, and the Spirit was with him. And we see the manifestations of God. The Greek word for anointing is creo, which is also Christos, coming from the meaning one who has been anointed or anointed one. Christos is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah, both words meaning the anointed one. This is the same thing that is happening in Luke 4.18 that we read already. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So we see the uniqueness of this relationship of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Get to this Jesus dependence now. He's totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. He can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. No, neither can you and I. At the moment of his baptism, in one sense, Jesus became the anointed one. He was not the anointed one before baptism. He's going to become, and it takes place there. Now he's referred to as the Christ before this. But even those designations, now listen, seem to be pointing primarily ahead to this point when he would be anointed by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan. Let me tell you something. There's a time when God calls you to do something, whether it's the ministry, whether you have a business or something, there's a time of anointing. You have the spirit, but there's a time of anointing when God anoints you to do the work. You can't go ahead of it. You can't get behind it, but you definitely don't want to go before it. You want to be anointed for service at the right time, and that's why preparation is so important. Although this may sound strange to our ears, it would seem that Messiahship is a function or office that Jesus assumed at his baptism. He came into it. See, there's a coming into it. You, you don't start out. You come into it. I mean, now, think about this. If Jesus had to wait some time. If Jesus had to wait, so I know we don't like waiting. I know that's a cuss word in the, in the, in the body of Christ. We absolutely, we, absolutely, we absolutely hate it. You know, it's the spiritual curse word, wait. We hate it. And, you know, as Christians, we cuss a lot. We really do. We cuss a lot. We, we I got to wait on the Lord. We don't even say it with joy. Well, I got to wait on the Lord. I, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord. You just cussing spiritually. I mean, just, I mean, I mean, a lot of, wait, 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 wait. But it's a beautiful word. They that wait upon the Lord, what you going to do? You're going to renew your strength. You're talking weak, but you guess what? You got to wait. Don't look at that clock now. We, we got to finish. Jesus had been alive for about 30 years. The kingdom of God was still something future for John the Baptist. But once the spirit had come upon Jesus, all attention turned to him. And the time was now fulfilled. In the Old Testament, God had promised David that his son would be king of Israel. And his son's kingdom would be an everlasting one. Now, Jesus, the son of David, is anointed as king of Israel in fulfillment of this, we would call it the Davidic promise. So in one sense, when the king was anointed, it marked the coming of the kingdom. Probably this anointing was also for the offices of a prophet and a priest. Just give you a little lesson here. It is very interesting that Jesus did not function in any of these three roles until after his baptism by John. So what am I saying? Why did you bring that out? Because, folks, let me tell you something. There's a timing for everything. You know, you don't just come into an office. There's preparation. There's training. There's development. We don't want to go through it. Again, we do our spiritual cursing. But guess what? You are going to go through. You're going to get prepared no matter what. You're either going to get prepared or you're going to die. One of the two. Okay? And so we see this picture. Now I want to talk about Pentecost. This is number four. Point number four. Pentecost. We see the pictures of Jesus in his relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're almost at the home stretch. Now, will y'all give me just a minute just to, to uh, uh, cause now y'all y'all don't really need this right now. Oh, I needed it. Y'all. 
When we talk about Pentecost, now listen, this is the ministry, this is Jesus' ministry now coming upon his church, coming upon us. And all through the ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus himself, there was an expectation. Now listen, at some point in the future, Jesus would give the Holy Spirit to his followers. How many, how many, how many you 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 you're excited about this? You have the Holy Spirit. Because now, now, now we're getting ready to we, we think about see, see yourself as a race horse right now. Yeah. You're getting ready to run to the finish line. Each gospel includes verses like Luke 3 16, where John the Baptist said, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. How many need the Holy Spirit and some fire? And Jesus continued this thing that John began just 10 days before Pentecost. And he said to his disciples, John baptized with water. Now think about it. They brought it up again. John baptized with water, but you, everybody point to you, point at him. Except for you. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now see, the disciples didn't just shrug and go, oh, yeah, we'll just keep it like that. Holy Spirit, yeah, I heard it tell you that. Whatever. They got in a position to receive. Let me ask you this question. Are you in a position to receive what God, that says, you know, Pastor, I, I, I got the spirit, but I'm saying, how do you, how many want much more? How, how many just sick and tired of same old, same yeah. old, same old Christianity? Nothing's happening. Nothing's yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, it's just dead, dead, dead. Yeah. People mocking the church, mocking you as a Christian. Have you had enough of it? Yeah. See, I want people to mock me because of the demonstrations of the Holy Ghost, not mock me because there ain't nothing going on. When y'all going to have that carnival again? Are y'all going to do that fish fry again? We would like to come out for that. When are we going to start healing? You know, my mom is sick. My brother is in jail. You know, my, 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 my brother has been strung out. I need you folks to pray because when you pray, I, I know the Holy Spirit is in you. I know the Holy Spirit is in, in that church. When they going to start coming to us for that? And not the next carnival, not the next circus, not the next playtime. And then the next, the other thing, they're even mocking us about sin in the church. Yeah. We got comedians making fun of us, making the title of message called Mess in the Church. Come on now. I know we, we got quiet. We got shut down on that one. Didn't we? Okay, all right. They said, get back to that, all right. See, see, we need power. We need the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, the kids, when I was growing up, there, we need it. Bad. <laughs> we need it bad. Everybody tell me we need it bad. Well, on the day of Pentecost, what had long been anticipated finally happened. The disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Speaking of Jesus, Peter declared to the gathering crowd at the pouring out of the Spirit of Pentecost, having been exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both See and hear. Now, see, that goes back to Jesus. He would not leave us as orphans. He did what he said he was going to do and poured out his spirit. As one reward for this successful completion of the ministry of the mission Christ has given the Holy Spirit to pour out on his followers, you and I, to empower them to fulfill the task that had been begun. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit must be viewed as part of Christ's work. I really want you to see that. This is Christ's work continuing in us. Just like his teaching and his miracles and his atoning death, his resurrection and his ascension. In fact, in many ways, it is the climax of all he came to do. Now doing it in us. It is what it is what all the rest was for. Just as the spirit came down upon Christ's physical body at the Jordan. Now Christ pours the spirit upon his church body at Pentecost. And now we are the byproduct of this. What Jordan, listen, what Jordan was to Christ, Pentecost was to Christ's followers. This is our inheritance. Yeah, you know, how, how many want, you know, you would love to have an inheritance. I mean, like a, not a lot of inheritance. How many want an inheritance? You'd love to find out. They pull a well, you know, uh, Brother Rod, we just uh, found out your grandfather left you millions of millions of dollars. How many of you'd love to hear that? You'd be falling all over yourself, you know. But guess what? You got something better than that. You, you got something that gets it because they ain't going to take that money away. See, you, you can spend that money. You, you know, some people got inheritance, won millions of dollars, and then they broke is, is, is two old pennies. But you know what? But with the Holy Spirit, you can't, you can't move it away. You, it don't get old. He doesn't get rusty. He stays with you. Like I said, he sticks with you through thick and thin no matter what. Number five, Jesus 
and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We have talked about the Holy Spirit's role in the ministry of Christ. Now let's talk briefly about Christ's role in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's role is to glorify and confirm Christ to you and I, his people. We see that clearly in the words Jesus spoke in John 16, 12 through 14. I have many more things to say to you. Now listen, but you cannot bear them. But when he, everybody say he. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. How many need to know something that you don't know? How many want God to disclose something to you? Think about this. By the Holy Spirit, he will show you things to come. He'll tell you stuff you didn't know before. You might seem ignorant, but he makes you a knower. Come on now. Don't ever say, well, as a child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm dumb. I don't know something. I'm telling you, if there's a child in this room or you've got children struggling in school, pray the Holy Ghost get a hold of them. And they'll begin to get an anointing. They'll begin to learn. They'll begin to know stuff they had not. They'll get up and start telling the teacher stuff. She didn't even know. She'll whip her head around. That's what the Holy Ghost does. We are not taking advantage of the one who's been given to us. We're just playing around. We need to really pull on the Holy Ghost and say, give me something that I haven't had before. Come on now, somebody. See, he will guide us. How many want to be guided? You know, the good thing about guidance is you don't always know where you're going. Because, you know, you'd be scared if he told you everywhere you needed to go. But he'll guide you. Wind up somewhere you didn't. You even say something. Now, how did I get here? It was the Holy Spirit. He put you in the right place. And I love it. Even in this, uh, he will glorify. You think about it. Christ is glorified when he guides you to somewhere where you don't even know where you're going. You'll wind up at the right place. Well, I don't want to witness it if you wind up witnessing to him anyway. Come on now. Jesus taught about the personal Holy Spirit from relationship, not theologically or doctrine. He took the time to talk about his relationship with the Spirit so that we would also experience him relationally first and power second. I'm going I'm to I'm tell you this. If you've never read John 14, 15, and 16 through, I'm telling you, don't jump to Acts chapter 2. Read John 14, 15. And you will get what Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. Now think about it. He's not telling us, again, doctrine or theologically. He's telling us from his own relationship with the Holy Spirit. And number six, as we get ready to close, Christ with us today through the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 16 through 20, Jesus says, I will ask the Father. Now, I love this. When Jesus asked the Father something. Oh, y'all don't get this. When Jesus asked the Father something, do you, you think the Father goes, no. Jesus, you asked me for too much. He says, and he will give you another helper. How many need some help? Jesus said, I will give you another help that he may be with you forever. See, Jesus is going away. How, how many of you know that Jesus is not on the earth? I haven't seen him on the earth. Anybody seen Jesus on the earth before? You better not raise your hand because then, <laughs> then you so we, we know you got cuckoo ministry going on if you say you've seen Jesus here on the earth. All right. How many of you said something like this? You know, I wish I had been back in the days with Jesus. You know, I'd love to have walked with Jesus and been with the disciples. It sounds very spiritual, doesn't it? Sounds, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, you know. Love to have been with the disciples. I, I'll tell you a little bit. If you had been one of the disciples, you'd have been hiding too when they came in. Right. Right. Okay. Just, just to let you know, you know, just if you want to be one of them, you've been, you went, there wasn't a lot of Johns. It was just one John. John, unless you was going to be John, everybody else was running high. Okay, if you didn't know that. So just realize that. So we say, oh, I wish that I had been back then. But you said, I'm going away. Everybody, does anybody know what Jesus is right now? Now, we see, we know that theologically. Yes, Jesus said, well, yeah, but he's not here. Seated. You know, it sounds good. So how many of you are fellowshipping with Jesus physically? How many of you sit down with Jesus and have face-to-face -face talk? How many people? Okay, no, you don't. If anybody says you did, you cuckoo. Okay, okay, not just that. But listen to this. Jesus saying that it is better. Everybody say better. better. It is better that I go away or else the Holy Spirit would not come. That must have been why not taking nothing away from the disciples. It was great to have Jesus there physically. But Jesus said himself, it is expedient. It is better. 
things necessary that I go away so the spirit could come. Why? Because I don't know how many millions of Christians there are on the earth right now, but if he was still here physically, it'd be hard to have a relationship with Jesus. Okay, uh, Christian, 2.5 million. Uh, uh, you got you got three seconds. Yeah. We got a lot. We got many more and more Christians to go, and, you know. And uh, Jesus got a rest, you know. Uh. But that's what we want. Be here physically, Jesus. The Holy Ghost ain't good enough. Jesus said, it's better. It's better. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's better. He said, I don't want to leave you as orphans. I will come to you, who? Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about the fact that after his ascension, he will be with us, his disciples, through the person, the God, the Holy Spirit. He said, in that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Very quickly, four things that as we get ready to close. With Jesus leaving us physically and now coming through the person of the Holy Spirit. Number one, that Jesus is God. These are four things we know. That Jesus is God and now with God again in glory. We touched on it. That through being, number two, that through being in Christ, they are sealed. See, we now, we have the Holy Spirit that confirms. He's the seal of God. That, 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 that we know that we are saved. So you don't doubt. If you, if you perceive Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit, he confirms. I'll, I'll tell you this real, real, real quickly right here. We got a little time. If you ever wonder if you're saved, this is not this is not the thing, but this like you know before how many of you sinned before you got saved? Okay, okay, y'all better raise your hand over there. Because y'all saying y'all part of God here if you didn't sin, or you don't know what sin is. But you know before before you were saved, you'd sin. You yeah, I messed up. You know how you was. I met, yeah yeah, that's just me. That's how I am. You remember how that kind of talk? Or you didn't even know you sinned. Now after you got saved. Now, when you sin, I, now I don't know about anybody else here. Maybe it's some maturity thing. But you know, it's like when you mess up or, or, or you sin, you make a mistake. Now, how many of you, like even when you, you, you maybe enjoyed what you did for a little bit, but what comes like right after that? The conviction of God, doesn't it? I mean, after you say, oh, yeah, then it's like, ah. One of the marks of the Holy Spirit, he don't even let you enjoy the sin that you enjoy. Even that negative thought you had about somebody, you said, you even go like this. And right after it's, oh. You're nobody. You know, he, I don't know what the Holy Spirit does. He does my voice back to me. You're nobody. <laughs> number two, that through being in Christ they are saved. That number three, that Christ is in them through the Holy Spirit. And number four, as we get ready to close, that you will have power through the person, God the Holy Spirit. You and I will be able to do greater things because of the greater one. Did you get that? You will be able to do greater things because of the greater one. The Spirit of God who is with us and living in us. In John 14, 12, put it up there. We've got to look at it before we get out of here. John 14, 12. Such a powerful scripture. John 14, 12. What does it say? Because see, a lot of Christians don't believe this. But he said, greater works shall you do. Now, how many believe that? Now, think about it. Jesus said, we will do greater works. Now, think about all the great things that Jesus said. Greater works shall you do because he goes back to the Father. And then coupled with this, in 1 John 4, 4, he says, greater is he that's in you. Everybody say in you. Than he that's in the world. Now think about it. Who's living inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Who is going to cause the greater works to happen? The Holy Spirit. See, you and I, we should get up in the morning and, and have an expectation. You know, something, something great is going to happen. Holy Spirit, what is the great thing that's going to happen today with you and I? We should have an expectation because of the greater one. Here's the thing about it. He wants to do it. Yeah. I see the Holy Spirit. You know, anybody ever been in a race before? You know, you, you line up. You have to be sprint. You know, the, you, you have to get on line. You get in the box. And, you know, and, and you know they get ready to fire the whistle. And you know, you're just kind of getting ready to go. Sometimes you may even jump and you get disqualified. I, I, I believe the Holy Spirit, he, he's, a, he's just like, okay, okay, Jasper, Jasper. 
getting up. Did she just get up out of the bed? We're gonna do okay, okay, okay. He, he, the Holy Spirit said, Man, fellowship with her, yeah. fellowship, and watch, watch what I'm, watch what I'm getting ready to do. You know, some of us will get ready to leave it out. Wait, 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 wait. Honey, I want to show, tell you something. Get ready to happen today. I want to show you something before it happens. I want to give you a little clue. How many want clues? Get with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus, here's the conclusion for today, friends. The life Jesus had in relationship with the Holy Spirit is the same life. We're to have as disciples and followers. If Jesus needed the spirit, how much more do we? This helps us to see how much our lives are supposed to be involved with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is with us. We have real fellowship with him. As it says in 1 John 1, 3. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There is no difference between the Holy Spirit and Boy, I hear you good. Thank the Lord. <laughs> In fact, it is actually better for us now than when Jesus walked on the earth. I really want you to know that. It is better. Everybody say better. I really want you to get this. Hear what he says again. I'm going to repeat this again in John 16, 7. I tell you the truth. Turn to somebody and say, this is the truth. It is to your advantage. Your advantage necessary, important, vital, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's how significant the coming of the Holy Spirit is. I want to share this with you as we come. And if, if you've been a brother, if anybody hadn't been saved, and you need, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, hand over to Pastor Jeff and he'll uh, lead that out. But I want to say this to you. This is something the Lord gave me years ago. And he told me, uh, I shared this with the class the other night, that when I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit and his gifts, he told me, don't ever teach about the Holy Spirit, the gifts without talking about my spirit. Because where do the gifts come from? They come from the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't make sense to talk about the gifts without talking about the gifts given. Because then we won't know how to operate because He's not power, folks. He's a person. And Jesus totally depended upon this person, the third person of the Godhead. What I love is when you think about the Godhead, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Jesus became man, became like one of us. And I think about it, he had a relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit in eternity past. So they knew each other. They were total communion before we were ever created. Before we were in a thought, I mean, of course, we were always a thought in God's mind. But I'm saying, but their relationship, and think about this, that Jesus telling the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm going to go down and be man. I'm going to totally depend on you. I can't wait till that time comes. I'm going to become a man, Holy Spirit, and I'm going to totally rely on you. That's just the Holy Spirit said, Jesus, I thank you. Because you know, we been together forever. Now think about this. We who are humans, weak, lacking power. Now Jesus, the Son of God, I think of the Holy Spirit, I can just imagine when he sees how that takes place and he goes and then his moment would be comes on Jesus. And then when Jesus goes back to heaven and the Holy Spirit, he tells the Holy Spirit now, I need you to go and be with my people. Holy Spirit said, yeah, same way I was with you, I'll be with them. What a powerful moment, y'all, that the Holy Spirit is so glad to be with us. He said, I want to help you. Let me say something, not just power, not just, I'm talking about help you. Help you. How many need help? He said, I'm with you. Even to the end of, I'm not going nowhere. I'm just going to help minister somebody. The helper, when I come, I will send him to you. That's how significant the coming of the Holy Spirit is. And this is what I was going to share. I got a little But the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation. He says, as Jesus is the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is the Lord in your life. I'll say it again. As Jesus is the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is the Lord of your life. 
I don't, from this point on, this should always stay included. I do it too. From this point on, whether we're healthy, we're weak, or whatever we're going through, let's get a picture of the one, the greater one that lives in us, that first, as your helper, your comforter, waiting. Always waiting, ready to help. And then when it comes to ministry, gifts, helping other people, is I'll give you the power. This is the most beautiful picture. He's your helper, but he's also like a pack of dynamite in one second. Ready to explode in any moment. Make yourself available. Stand in your feet as Pastor Jasper comes. But as he comes, if somebody in this room, you're not saved. You're not saved. Okay, if you're not saved this morning, so you don't know Jesus, let me tell you something. You can't have the Holy Spirit without being saved. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who have received it. You get the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm just the greatest thing ever happened to you, salvation. It's not his thing, but it's not even about going to heaven. That's just, that's just that's part of the package. But the greatest thing, you get to come into fellowship with the one who loves you more than anyone. No greater relationship. Those of us who are married, I love my wife, but there's no greater relationship than Jesus. And then, to cap it off, he gives you the third person of the God. Now, third don't mean like third in a race. We just like one, two, three. He's not behind. He's equal to the Father and the Son. So you ain't getting less than Jesus. Don't give me that now. Oh, see, that's that thing. Oh, well, I just got the Holy No. He said, remember, he's better. Everybody say better. Better. And if you have not received the Holy Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to come up here this morning and let the leadership pray with you. I mean, do not leave. Let me tell you something. Pot roast, chicken, your favorite restaurant, they ain't going to give you no power. You're going to get a good meal, and then guess what? You'll be powerless. Well, come on now. We, we, we need to get past this kind of stuff now. We're the church of the living God. We're, we're God's people. We should, we should bathe ourselves and pull on God and say, God, I'm not leaving you. There was a man by the name of A.A. Allen who got so tired of being powerless that the man went in the closet one weekend and said, God, I'm not coming out till I get your power. And he came out of that closet with the power of God. His ministry took off from there. The question is when. When is it going to happen? So if you need the Holy Spirit this morning, you need to be baptized. Oh, I got baptized you know, 25 years ago. Well, what's been happening since then? Oh, Lord. The change, let me tell you something, and, I, I'm, and I'll quit talking. We, 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 and I don't mean this in a political sense. I'm just saying we look to other avenues for deliverance. We look to other avenues for, oh, you know, if I, if I get a better job, if, if somebody was in this position, I could get. Let me tell you something. If God, God is the God of promotion, by the way, anyway. You know, you know, how many have been turned down for promotion, but you've been there? You, you, you know, or you was never even up for it. How, let me, that one, let, let, let's get that one. I wouldn't even consider. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the way, it comes from the Lord. You need something from God. Now, I don't want to get on a stuff thing here, but I'm just saying this. We're not going to get anything except we get it from God. So we need to turn to God. Quit turning to man. Because if they give it to you, they take it back from you. Let's depend on the Holy Spirit.